Well, good morning. It is February. Woo, February. You know what February means for preaching, right? No, it doesn't mean that. So, um, yeah, you know, you've probably been to a, a number of churches that February rolls around and you're like, okay, we know what we're talking about this month. Um, but we're going to do things a little different this year. Um, we are going to talk about something that's similar to what you might be expecting. But uh, a lot of times February, it's all about, it's, it's just like romance, right? It's just romance. And for some of you, it's like, yay. And for other you, you're like, hey. Right. And uh, and on top of that, um, there's more to relationships than romance. So this year, we're actually we're starting a series this this week that's called relational reconciliation, relational reconciliation. And it's going to be a little bit different than your normal take. We're not going to talk about starting relationships because that's really what we focus on a lot of times is starting relationships. Um, we're going to talk about healthy relationships, about fixing the ones you got, fixing the brokenness and the pain and the healing from past hurts. And uh, just to start off, I feel like the first reconciliation moment is today. I have to confess to you, and I think there's some others in this room that probably do as well. One of them's homesick with a child, but we need to reconcile those of us that, that cheered for the Chiefs last week, okay? We're still going to cheer for Joe Burrow next week, okay? We're going to be Bengals fans next Sunday. Last week, we were Chiefs fans. Next week, we will cheer for Joe. Please don't throw us out. We still want to have a relationship with you. Don't be mad at us. We just love Patrick Mahomes better than Joe Burrow. Amen. Amen. That's right. So, uh, so that's, the, that's, that's to get us going. Um, we got that out of the way. Let's talk about what reconciliation is. So reconciliation. Here's the definition of reconciliation. Reconciliation means to win over to friendliness, to settle a quarrel, or to bring into harmony, or to reconsecrate. To win over to friendliness, to settle a quarrel, to bring into harmony, or to reconsecrate. So there's four parts of that, right? There's four different ways. And we are going to be talking about taking those broken relationships we have or stressed relationships or strained relationships this year. We're going to be talking about bringing those back into harmony. And so we're going to talk about finding that reconciliation with God. We're going to talk about finding that reconciliation with others in our lives that are friends or family that might have hurt us in the past, or maybe we hurt in the past. We're going to be talking about doing that with uh, people we don't even know that have hurt us in ways that they might not even be aware of, or um, something that we need to find reconciliation with others. And, uh, and all of that is, is going to be geared towards bringing us back in right relationship with God, um, because Reconciliation with the Father is the most exciting reconciliation that could happen. It's the basis for all reconciliation. Because if we can't find peace with God, we can't be right with him, we're not going to be right with others. So what we want to do is we're going to start off by, I want to tell you the good news of reconciliation that was given to us in Scripture before we jump into anything else. So let's look at Colossians. Colossians 1, verse 19, it starts off, it says this, For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far from God. 
You were his enemies, separated by, from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. The scriptures tell us this story of reconciliation. This is how we are reconciled to God. There's a lot that's in here. It talks about how we can become God's friend. Like it, 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 the scripture says that we can be a friend of God. It talks about how we can settle our differences with him, how we can find harmony in a relationship and how we can be reconsecrated. In other words, we can be made holy again in God's sight. So when we look through that scripture, it talks about at the beginning, it says, for God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. That's going to be important to understand that the reconciliation story for you and me doesn't start with you and me. It starts with Christ because God is pleased with Christ. He's not pleased with us. He's pleased with Christ. And it goes on and it says, through him, through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. So through Jesus, God brought everything back into right relationship with himself. And he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of what? Christ's blood on the cross. We're going to dig into some more of this as we go here in a minute, but it says, you were once, this includes you who were once far from God. So every single person in this room, you were once far from God. And so you are included in this because you were brought into, into God's presence through the work of Jesus on the cross. So you are now holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. This is the story of reconciliation that we are given in scripture. We can be reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus. Now, that's the good news of reconciliation. That's what the scripture tells us. That's, that's what this is all going to be founded on. But I want to back up for a minute. I want us to talk about what does it take to find reconciliation? What does it take to create reconciliation? So I'm going to give you a few things here in this process. The first thing is this. Reconciliation requires acknowledging the source of the separation. Reconciliation requires acknowledging the source of the separation. If you want to make things right between you and someone else, the first thing you got to do is admit that something's not right between you and someone else, right? You got to admit that something happened and separated you. What was the thing that caused the issue? So where did you go wrong with God? Where did you go wrong with God? It said in, in, in Colossians, it said, this includes you who were once far from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. When did you first separate from God? Was it when you lied to your parents as a kid? Was that the first time you separated from God? Or was it when you took a piece of candy from the store? Or maybe you, you skipped school or you did something with a girlfriend you felt guilty about? Was that when you first separated from God? The answer is no, that wasn't when you first separated from God. Because the truth is you were separated from God before you were even born. And that's kind of a sad thing. Um, you're like, man, that's not fair. But in the Garden of Eden, God used to walk with Adam and Eve. Like he came down, he would be in their presence. They were together hanging out. And they would walk through the garden and they would spend time together. And there was the one rule, right? The one rule, don't eat from that tree. And what happened? They ate from the tree. Well, let's start off with she ate from the tree. I mean, 
I'm just, I just, I just read what it says in the Bible. I'm not making judgment. I'm just saying it said she ate from the tree and then she gave it to him and he was stupid and he ate from the tree too, right? So they both ate from the tree. Why was there even this rule? Like, that's the first question. Like, why was there a rule that you couldn't eat from the tree? Like, that just seems silly. Like, really? All of mankind goes down this path because they ate a piece of fruit? Like, that seems a little bit ex- excessive, God. Like, why do we need that? But there has to be some kind of rule, right? There has to be separation for God to be God and us to be the created. He has to have access to something different than us. Otherwise, we're God, right? If I can do everything God can do, then I'm God. So there has to be something to separate us from God. And that, that fruit of that tree was what revealed the truth between good and evil. They didn't even understand what evil was until they ate from that tree. They didn't know there was such thing as sin. But when they ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, now they understood what evil was. They had evil in their heart. They had evil in their stomach first, and then they had evil in their heart, right? So that's where you were separated long before you were created, long before you were born. Adam and Eve in the garden, they separated all of mankind from God. And you can say that's not fair because that wasn't me because I wasn't there. God doesn't have to be a fair God. He has to be a just God. He has to be a God that has rules and standards and holds people to him, holds everyone created to him. And so it's not about fairness. Fairness is what you do when you're a little kid and you're in a temper tantrum and you stomp your foot and you say, it's not fair. It's not about that. It's about God has rules and the rules were broken. So he has to follow the rules he created or he's not a just God. Romans 3.23 says quite clearly, for everyone has sinned, we all, fall, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Everyone has sinned. You can say, hey, that's not even fair. Why did you get separated from God back before I was born? Well, guess what? It don't matter because you screwed up since then, right? If you've been breathing today, you've probably already done something or thought something. You may be thinking something now. You, you, know, you sinned, right? Everyone has sinned. If you have been walking this earth more than a couple of years, you have sinned. Little kids, I remember with our little, with, with our little ones, they're standing at the back staring at me. Um, I, just, I remember Riley doing, like, there was something she kept going to touch, like a plant, I think, or a speaker or something. She kept trying to touch it, and we told her no. And she was like, she looked at us, and it was, you could tell in her eyes, like, she knew when she was like, hmm. And it was like she was disobedient. She knew it wasn't right, but she did it anyway because she had that spirit of sin inside of her, right? We have that spirit that's in us from the beginning. So reconciliation first requires you to acknowledge that you did something wrong. And if somebody in here, if, if, I don't think there's anybody in here that would say, hey, I've never done anything wrong in my life. I've never done anything wrong that God would be separated from me. So we acknowledge that there's separation. Uh, The second thing is this. Reconciliation requires seeking forgiveness from your mistakes. It's one thing to say, I know what I did wrong. It's another thing to seek forgiveness. Who in here has been in a car accident? Yeah, I know the twins have. It's like like y'all playing demolition derby around town. I don't know. You ever been in a car accident, right? Somebody hit your car and let's say it wasn't your fault, right? It was them. It was their fault. If they walked up to you and they said, looks like I hit your car. My bad. 
Like, is that all? I mean, are you all good now? They said, my bad. I mean, I mean, that's not really enough to say, hey, I hit you. It was my bad. Because I still haven't asked you to forgive me for hitting your car. Right? All I've done is say, I did it. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unwickedness. For all, from all wickedness. What's unwickedness? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> to cleanse us from all wickedness. We have to confess our sins and ask for forgiveness, right? We have to say, hey, I messed up. Will you forgive me? And that's how we have to find reconciliation with anybody. If I, if I messed you up, if I did something wrong in our relationship, I have to come and I have to acknowledge what I did wrong and then I have to ask you to forgive me. The Bible clearly teaches if we will confess our sins to God, then he will be good to forgive us of our mistakes. We have to admit that we made a mistake. We have to ask him to forgive us of our mistakes. Same thing in our relationships with others. Back to the car accident. So in the car accident, you got in the wreck. Person walks up, says, my bad. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Is that enough? No. What you mean? No. Mariah's like, no, it's not enough. I mean, I, most of you, unless it's a fender bender, like a, a little bump, like I've been in an accident before, like you bumped somebody and you get out and you're like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, I, I, you know, will you forgive me? You know, and they're like, hey, there's not even a mark on the car. It's fine. You, you're good. But it's a different story if your car gets totally smashed and it's gone. Like my car is trashed. I have no car anymore. You have to then do what? Pay. pay. You got to pay, right? Reconciliation, the third thing, reconciliation requires you to pay for the damage of your mistakes, right? If you're going to be reconciled with somebody, if you're going to be made right, you got to admit it, you got to ask for forgiveness, and then you got to pay for the damage of what you did, right? You got to, you're wanting them to say, hey, look, my car is broke. I need you to get my car back working again. I need you to replace my car. I need you to do whatever it takes to get this back in right relationship, get it back where it was before. You have relationships with other people that you have broken and you might've admitted that you made a mistake. You might've asked for forgiveness, but you, have you actually done the work to try and heal what was broken, to try and fix what mess you made, the damages you made? It's the same thing in our relationship with God. Somebody has to pay for what you did. Somebody has to pay for what you did. And guess what scripture says? It says there's one way to pay for the mistakes you made. Romans 6.23, the first part of it says this, for the wages of sin is death, right? So you probably heard this before. I mean, this isn't, this isn't news to you. It might be for some of you, but how, I mean, like, so you messed up. God says, okay, it's got to, you got to pay for it. Like there's one penalty for sin and it's death. And that penalty for sin, does it say that the penalty for bad sins is death? The penalty for, you know, those really terrible sins that, you know, you end up in jail for, that's death. If you, if you kill somebody, the penalty is death. But if you, you know, if you, lie about something, just a little white lie, like that's, a, that's okay, right? Like the penalty for little white lies is you have a bad day. I don't know. It doesn't say that, right? It says the penalty for all sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Some of you, uh, see, that's, that's a little excessive. <laughs> so how many of you, when you were in a car accident, 
when you're in a car accident and you, you, you y'all, y'all were in a wreck, so you got out of this wreck, right? You got out the car, you're like, if I can just get my hands on them, I'm gonna strangle them, right? But that doesn't really work very well. Like, right? how well, how, how easy is it to reconcile with a dead person? Like, if you go up and you, if you, you kill them, like, mm, well, I guess we're never getting this back. It's, it's done. Like, kind of, it's like all over then, right? So, so here's, the, here's the question. God says you messed up. God says you're separated from me. God says, I want to reconcile with you, but the penalty is death. You have to die. How is God going to reconcile with us if his only option is for us to die? Right. So, so there's a final requirement. There's a final requirement um, for reconciliation. And here, here's the problem: God wants to reconcile with you, but he has to. He has to be a just God. Remember, we said it's not about fairness; it's about just. God has to be a just God, and if he's going to be a just God, he has to follow the rules of what he has said. And his rules say somebody has to pay. There was a wrong. And so reconciliation requires you to have an intermediary when you're talking about God. With God, reconciliation requires an intermediary. And here's what I mean. If, if I have an issue with God, let's put God out of the picture. If I have an issue with the twins for a minute. I got an issue with the twins, okay? I'm, I want to go talk to the twins and fix it. I can't reconcile the relationship with them unless I can go in their presence and have a conversation, right? But if I try and go in their, their, their presence, we, we, we talk it out, everything's good. Now, let's say that, that we're a little more strained, right? Like, I have an issue with them. And they're like, I ain't talking to you. I'm not getting in your room with you. We're not having any conversation because we are done. Like we have no, there's nothing to say. How am I going to reconcile with them? I have to have somebody to go to them and say, hey, look, he really is sorry. He really knows he messed up. He, he just wants to talk. To, he, he just wants to ask for forgiveness and tell you he's screwed up. You have to have an intermediary. And with God, you have to have that intermediary. Um, let, me, let me tell you a story from... Uh, my kids are like, they keep coming to my head. So anyway, um, so there was this time, um, back when, when Riley, Riley, it's always Riley. It's a troublemaker. Um, we were having a, a, a discussion, a family discussion with Riley. It wasn't really a discussion. It was pretty heated. And, uh, so we were in the bedroom, right? It, it was me and Jennifer and Riley and the door was closed. And, uh, there was this discussion that was loud and heated and probably more than a discussion going on back and forth. And we're kind of, you know, getting on to her and chewing on her and it like, we're all mad and everybody's upset and it's just this tension and we aren't going to be able to find any kind of peace in the middle of this. And all of a sudden, like from under the crack of our bedroom door, we just hear this little voice and it says, she's, wait, she's laughing in the back. Do you want to come up and perform it? Under the crack in the door in the bedroom, we just hear this, I wish that I had Jesse's girl. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. And Michaela is like sitting outside and she can, see, she can hear the conflict, right? She hears this conflict and this tension of what's going on in this room and she doesn't like it. 
She doesn't like the conflict, and she's like, man, what can I do in this moment to make them all quit yelling at each other? And so she intercedes in the middle of it, and she breaks the tension, right? And we laugh, and then all of a sudden it's like we, we were able to stop and have a conversation, right? So she acted as an intermediary for us. She came in the middle. She broke the tension, and she made it where we could talk to each other again because she, she, she took away this dividing issue for us. With God, we can't go seek that, that, that healing. We can't go seek that forgiveness on our own. It says in, in scripture, I told you earlier, the first part of, of Romans 6.23, it says that, that the wages of sin is death, but. The wages of sin is death, but. And that word but should be exciting to you because that is like um, if someone says, you know, the, the policeman pulls you over and he's like, you were speeding, but. Like, you're excited to hear that word. Like, you know, like when he says but, you're like, oh. Thank you. You're speeding, but I'm going to give you a warning, you know, or, or, uh, we, we, uh, we're, we're completely booked tonight at the, at the restaurant, but wait, hold on, but wait, but I can get you a table over here in the bar. Right. Or, or, uh, you know, this is, I'm looking here and, and the cost for this is supposed to be this, but, but right. <laughs> that, but is an exciting word. It's like, yes there's something better than what I'm supposed to have to pay here. So Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but what? The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so this is the cost, but guess what? You already have a way to receive the eternal life. You got the gift and it's free because it's been paid for by somebody else, right? God maintains his justness. He maintains his, his, his uh, requirement in the law because somebody is already paid for it through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our hope is found in that second part. Let, let, let me give you a, a, a final illustration with this here. So, um, Roland, I got, I got something for you here. All right. Whew. It's not much. It was going to be more, but I don't, I don't got nothing. So here's the deal. Roland, I have a gift for you. Okay. It's, it's a free gift, right? You don't got to do nothing for it. I don't need you to dance or, I mean, you already dressed up, so I ain't got to ask you to do that. But if I have this gift for you and I want to give it to you, okay, I want to give it to you. Like, I really wish you could have this $10. I wish you could have it. Man. But I just need you to get it, to take it. But wait, but you, can't, you can't come up here because this is the stage and you already did your stage part for the day. You're not allowed back up here. The stage is just for band people and me. You are, you are not worthy of being on the stage. Sorry. So, but hey, uh, but that's okay because I'm still going to give you a gift. I'm still going to give you $10. So if you just get the $10, you can have it. You can have the $10. See, this is, this is what happens with us and God. God says, look, I've got a gift I want to give you. Don't go nowhere, rolling. i got a gift I want to give you. But I can't 
give it straight to you because God is a holy God and he can't be in your presence because you are a sinner. You have sinned and if he lets you come into his presence, he will be tainted by your sin. You know, those people that you try to hang out with that you're like, I can't hang out with them because if I do, people are going to, they're going to look at that me and they're going to look at them and they're going to think I'm a part of what they're doing. And it's the same way with God. God says, I can't let you in my presence because you're not clean. And if you come in my presence, people will think, man, he must not be clean either because he's letting these sinners right into his presence. So God can't give it to you. He can't give you the gift of eternal life, but he wants you to have it. So what did he do? He took an intermediary and he gave the intermediary your gift and he said, hey, you go give it to him. See, Jesus steps in and Jesus bridges the gap, right? Because Jesus, you, you can sit down, Roland. I ain't got no more money for you. <laughs> Jesus steps in and he bridges the gap because he, he came down, right? He stepped out of heaven. God's in heaven. He's in the holy place where we can't go because we got sin. Jesus comes out of heaven. He stands in the bridge in the middle, and then he lives as a man. He lives a perfect life, and he doesn't sin. He lives perfectly according to the law. There's nothing that can be held against him. And so he has the ability at that point to reach out to the Father because the Father can be in contact with him. And he has the ability at that point to reach out to man because he's been a man and he's been in our presence. And he can say, I can be your intermediary. And you have been separated from the Father since you were born, but today your relationship with God can be made right. We have to have God we have to have Jesus as the intermediary. Colossians 1.22 says, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. So it's crazy. It's like Jesus did all the work, but we are holy and blameless. We are holy and blameless because of the work of Jesus. Who is your intermediary with God? It can only be Jesus. It can't be a man. It can't be your parents. Your parents can't be the one that, that stand in the gap for you that connect you to God. It can't be a friend that brought you to church. You're like, that. That I go to that friend. Anytime I need to talk to God, I go to that friend. And that friend is the one that, that gets me in the presence of God. It can't be that. It can't be a special worship leader that you're like, when I need to hear from God, I listen to this person. I put them on, on, the, on the, the, the radio and I listen to their music and they get me in the presence of God. They're not your intermediary. It can't be a pastor. It can't be a pastor who stands up here and teaches. And you're like, when I listen to them, I hear the voice of God. You hear the message, you hear the scriptures, but the voice of God comes through from God through his son to you, right? He can, he can speak to you through his son. He can't speak, he, he can use me, but you can't see me as your intermediary. I can't be between you and God. There are churches that that's what it is. That, that's, that's, that's the difference between the Catholic church and the Protestant church, right? The Catholic Church sees the priest as an intermediary, somebody that stands between you and God, that when you need God, you go to the priest, the priest goes to God, and they come back and they bring the gifts. We don't need that. 
We have an intermediary. He's much better than any man because the truth is all of us are going to mess up. If, you, if your intermediary is a pastor, you have put your hope in the wrong person because there's nothing special about us. We're just people and we're going to screw up. Jesus is not going to mess up. This month, we're going to talk about reconciling our relationships with all kinds of different people. But it all starts right here. It all starts with reconciling with God. Because if you can't get right with God, you can't get right with others. You can't get right with people that have hurt you. You can't get right with people that you've hurt. You can't do that if you can't get right with God. So this morning, I'm going to ask you, if you will, if you'll stand up where you are. And uh, there's, there's two different groups. There's two different groups here that um, are in this room that are seeking, that might be seeking reconciliation this morning. First of all, some of you have never allowed the work of Jesus in your life for him to be your intermediary. You've never allowed him to reach out to the father and grab your gift and hand it to you. We want to settle that today. We don't want you to leave today going, man, I can't seem to reconcile my relationships with others because I've never reconciled with God. So we first want to give you the opportunity to reconcile with the Father, to receive that free gift. You messed up. What do you need to do? You need to admit it. You need to ask for forgiveness. And then you need to let Jesus grab your gift and be your intermediary and hand it to you on God's behalf. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, if everyone just bow their heads, we're going to pray. And, uh, if you've never made that decision, you can do that today. If not, if you already have made that decision, that's great. We're going to pray together. I'm just going to ask you all to pray with me. Say, dear God, I messed up. I'm sorry. I make mistakes. I want to be right with you. God, I trust the work of Jesus. And I ask that he would be my intermediary. And through his work on the cross, I receive your free gift of eternal life. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for those that are in this place that have prayed that prayer for the first time today. And for those that have continued to remember it, Lord, we just thank you that you are our intermediary. Thank you for joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.